It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Greg Scordis filling in for Boyd Matheson. We have a winner, a winner from last week's Garth Brooks contest. And the winner is, drum roll, I used to play the drums, Kim Maidment of West Jordan. Kim Maidment. She's won the tickets to Saturday's sold-out show at Rice-Eccles Stadium. And this is Garth Brooks. This is, uh, this is a big deal. Apparently, he's doing a more intimate show or a smaller setting at the Western or a day or two before, and then uh, the big show, the, the one we all want to see at Rice-Eccles Stadium uh, this Saturday. Kim Maidman, come and claim your tickets. Uh, for our next segment, uh, we are going to talk about the uh, Salt Lake City Council and some religious and faith leaders from Salt Lake County who are calling on Salt Lake County to allocate millions of dollars, and we're talking about, I think, $45 million from the American Rescue Plan Act to help end homelessness. We're joined this afternoon by Bill Tibbetts, and Bill is the Associate Director of the Crossroads Urban Center, which we've all uh, heard and, and seen a lot of, and the Director of the Coalition for Religious Communities with that center. Bill, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me to come on. So tell me a little bit, what can you tell me about the uh, the uh, Coalition of Religious Communities and why are you involved in this particular cause? Okay, well, the Coalition of Religious Communities actually uh, is, a, is a coalition of uh, churches and other faith communities. It, um, it started off as a, as a coalition for, for faith communities that uh, donated food and clothing to our, our food pantries and thrift stores. We've expanded to include congregations that aren't connected to us that way. I mean, particularly in places like Ogden um, or Provo, but we have uh, a lot of, a lot of different congregations who don't agree on everything, but they do agree that uh, it's important to take, to, to work, to uh, help those in need and to uh, particularly reduce hunger and homelessness. So what you've called for, from what I read in this Deseret News article, Mr. Tibbetts, is that we that Salt Lake County, uh, apparently here they're getting a, a huge influx of, in, of money from the American Rescue Plan Act, and you're asking for some of those monies to be allocated toward to end homelessness. Um, how does that work? I mean, how, how is that going to be implemented, if, and if you've even gotten to that stage yet? Well, I, I would say first off, we were really pleased because we we organized an event on Thursday where we uh, set up some tents and invited county leaders to come out and talk to us about you know the situation that homeless people are facing in a hot summer like this one. And we actually had five county council members come out and talk to us. And so I I think there is um, an awareness with county leaders that we can do better than we have been. Uh, I think. Another thing that's interesting is is that we, in the last couple years, uh, in part under pressure from the state, have combined a lot of efforts to reduce homelessness, and there's now a unified uh, body called the Salt Lake Valley Coalition to End Homelessness that is um, 
working on homelessness in a more coordinated way than what's happened in the past in the county. And and that coalition has been working to identify the types of housing where if they were in place, we could dramatically reduce the number of of people who become homeless and reduce the number of nights that people who become homeless stay homeless. And so um, what we did as as a coalition of people of faith who are supportive of, of that coalition's efforts is we said, you know, we... It, let's let's get started on on building this housing with this huge um, unanticipated addition to the county budget. There's a real opportunity to do something that would make a difference, and, and if we did it right, would dramatically reduce the number of people sleeping outside. Um, I. You know, about uh, 15 years ago, we started building permanent supportive housing for home for for homeless people for people. And we uh, we built 500 units in about three or four years, and for you know for the next five years we had a dramatic reduction in the number of people sleeping outside. Then, you know, we had the population kept growing, the rents kept rising. Um, we had an opiate crisis that had some unfortunate impacts. I mean, there were various factors that led to homelessness coming back after that. But I think um, you know, for those of us who remember that the success we had with moving people indoors who said that they didn't want to sleep in shelters, said they didn't, um, that they liked camping outside when, when those same people were offered rooms with a door that they could lock, they, they moved in. And I, I think, um, the societal costs, I mean, they, for having, allowing people to, um, act out on the street when they have mental health conditions and other disabling, uh, conditions i i think um you know we're just it is better for everyone if you can we can find ways to move people indoors rather than moving camps from one neighborhood to another joined this afternoon by bill tibbetts the associate director of the crossroads urban center bill uh, you probably uh, since you have some a great deal of historical information you remember as i do because i was pretty involved in uh, what we called Operation Rio Grande about five years ago. And and to a lot of us, uh, that was a success. That was something that worked very well uh, to uh, alleviate some of the homeless population. And to others, it basically took the homeless population and moved them to out into other areas of the of the county uh, over by the, the, the library, the Salt Lake City Library. There's a huge encampment up on on Beck Street, and uh, there are others out by the uh, uh, the George Floyd uh, Memorial. How, how is this going to be different, or how can, or, or what did we learn from Operation Rio Grande, and how can we build on that? I think that the biggest, when you look at the ongoing successes um, from Operation Rio Grande, the things that made a lasting impact. I mean, we had a lot of that was that expanded access to. Uh, to, to drug treatment that was made possible um, by a, a limited Medicaid expansion. We've since expanded Medicaid completely, and so anybody who's interested in treatment can go in for an assessment, which just wasn't even possible. I mean, it didn't, you know, it was actually unkind to ask people to go in for an assessment if they didn't have a way to pay for treatment, but now that's changed. Um, the other, and the other thing that the lasting impact is that we built housing specifically designed for. Helping people with, um, like, what's um, who have simultaneously severe mental health issues and, and um, addiction issues, uh, housing 
we started building housing um, or creating housing to help those people stay sober when they when they leave treatment because the the relapse rate for people who are leave treatment for homelessness is is really really high whereas when people have a, a safe place to live they have a lot less triggers that lead uh to a return you know a relapse and return to addiction we're talking about 45 million dollars as i understand it um and that largely is going to go to housing is that what you're saying we we think that this is one-time money and so it makes the most sense to to build stuff that's the one-time cost right i mean we're not it doesn't make sense to take this money and and build and um use it to fund ongoing programs for short short term and so i i think um we know that we need a lot of housing. We know housing is really expensive, and so if the county were to take were to lead out, um, there are a lot of cities that are also getting funding through the American Rescue Plan Act. If they could bring in some of of those partners, and I, I think um, the the count the Mayor Wilson's chief of staff came out and talked to us, and she said that's actually one of their big focuses in the county mayor's office is is bringing in. Uh, cities, other cities in the county is partners. So hopefully, um, and I think you're seeing with the state that there's a bigger interest in in um, in, in salt, reducing, you know, the, uh, the unsheltered homelessness that we see, you know, people camping um, in different parts of the county, different parts of the state. Um, and so I think if, I, I do think, um, that there's a, an, a much bigger consensus on how we can how we can fix things now than there was before, um, and I think with this big influx in federal funding, there's the opportunity to to create you know the housing infrastructure that you need to make homeless that to, to reduce homelessness. Bill Tibbetts, associate director of Crossroads Urban Center, thank you for joining us this afternoon. When we come back. We're going to talk about a horrible shooting that occurred at Heber City over the weekend with leaving a seven-year-old girl dead. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.